You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast with Ken Corsini. Educating, inspiring, and connecting you to real estate deals. And now, your host, Ken Corsini. Ken Corsini with The Deal Farm on today's Best Deal Ever episode. I am joined by Jay Connor. Jay's actually been buying and selling houses for 14 years. He's been involved in over $52 million worth of real estate transactions. And for the past seven years, he's actually completely automated his seven-figure income business to where he works less than 10 hours per week. He's a leading expert on private lending. He's literally once raised over $2 million in less than 90 days and completely cut off his institutional banks. I'm super excited to have him on the show to talk about this. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Ken. It is so great to be here, and thanks for having me on. Man, I'm super excited to have you on because you are an expert in an area of real estate investing that is crucial, and that is funding deals. And In fact, you've gone around the country talking on funding deals and how to line up private private money, which I cannot wait to get into. Well, I'm just curious how you even got into this. I mean, how, how did you get started in real estate? Because you've been at this for a little while. Yes, yes. Uh, my wife, Carol Joy, and I, we've been buying and selling and investing in single-family houses here in eastern North Carolina. And what's really cool uh, is uh, the way we do it is it works the same across the nation in Canada, across the big pond. But we're now into our 14th year. We've bought and sold and rehabbed over 350 houses now. We've done many more deals than that uh, that were not rehabbed. But we've got quite a bit of experience in rehabbing. But You asked me, Ken, how in the world did I get into this? Well, for years and years, I was raised and I was in the mobile home business or the manufacturing housing business. Uh And, of course, with you being a good southern boy down in Georgia, you've probably seen your share of single wides (laughs) and double wides. We got got plenty of them. We got our share, that's for sure. That's right. And here in North Carolina, I mean, you know, we were like the capital of mobile homes for a long time. Well, my dad, Wallace Connor, uh, at one time back in the, I mean, he started in the late 50s, and uh, he was in the business for decades. I grew up in the business, and at one time, he was the actually the largest retailer of manufactured homes in the nation. And so as far as business sense goes, I learned more from my dad than probably anybody else. And so we come on up into back in the 80s. And I was still in the business, uh, rocking and rolling. And uh, long story short, without hardly any notice, and it sort of relates to my single family investing experience, but with not much notice in the mid to late 80s, the uh, financing was just turned off, uh, the, the retail financing. We started up another company, got going well. And then uh, 14 years ago, it repeated itself. And so long story short, in my mobile home uh, experience um, and and helping families get ownership of a home that was affordable housing, the retail financing just totally dried up. I mean, today there is 3% of the shipments in North Carolina and in the southern United States as there was back in the heyday. So I knew if I ever got out of the mobile home or manufactured housing business, I wanted to get into single-family investing uh, of houses, and here's why. Back in 1993, really good friends of ours that live in Newburn, North Carolina, they wanted to uh, build their first home 
and they didn't have the down payment for it to take to the bank. Well, our good friend's wife's daddy down in Florida had been a real estate investing um, entrepreneur all of his life. And he said, I tell you what, to our friends, Craig and Kim, he says, I tell you what, I'll come up to North Carolina. I'll find you a fixer upper that you all can do the equity work, the sweat equity on the weekends and at nights. We'll sell it. You can keep the profit for your down payment. So that's what happened back in 1993. They flipped a house really quickly, and in less than 90 days, they profited over $25,000. And that stuck with me, Ken, and I'll tell you why. At the time, I was busting my butt just trying to make $2,500 <laughs> on a single wide. Wow. Okay? Is that what the commission was back then? Well, that's what the profit was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. And I said, my lands in 90 days, they profited in 1993 over 25000 So anyway, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So when we were shutting down the mobile home company about 14 years ago, you know, it's a lot more fun to start building something new than shutting down something old. <laughs> True. And so I, I got some books, read some books on real estate investing. Of course, I'd already been in the housing business. And so my very first deal, Ken, I said, well, what do you do? You look in the Homes Magazine, right? This is back when realtors actually sold houses by people <laughs> looking at Homes Magazines. Internet wasn't that popular yet. Right. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to try to find the ugliest, nastiest, worst-smelling house foreclosure that I can find. And my wife and my dad assures me that I found it. And so <laughs> this house had been on the market, a bank-owned property. It had been on the market for nine months, been shown over 65 times, and hadn't sold. And so the after-repaired value on that house, now this was 14 years ago here in Moorhead City, North Carolina. The after-repaired value of that house was $140,000. I negotiated with the bank through my realtor. I bought it for $50,000, put an additional $50,000 in it, had 100 in it total. So what did I decide to do? Well, I reckon you're going to list your house with a realtor to sell it, right? Right. So I listed the house with my realtor friend. This was in January. No showings for 45 days. I said, I'll be John Brown. I'm going to sell that thing myself. So I put an ad in the local paper. I'd read in a book, advertise owner financing and your phone will ring off the hook. So I put an ad in the paper. I put owner financing. My phone did ring off the hook. I had to cancel the ad after the second issue. Of course, here in our town, it only comes out three times a week. And so my phone rang off the hook. A fellow met me there. He says, I love the house. Oh, by the way, I told him, I said, look, he wanted directions. I said, I can't give you directions. It's sort of hard to find. The reason it was hard to find is because if you go in one way, that's the bad neighborhood. Take the other street, and it looks really good. <laughs> I said, you got to follow me in. So that he followed me in. He walked in the house. He says, this is absolutely beautiful. He offered me an $18,000 lease purchase check. I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> And I said, well, I tell you what, give it to me. We'll figure it out. Well, back 14 years ago, you may recall, in the subprime market, if mm -hmm. you could fog a mirror, mm -hmm. you were approved. That's right. So I got him approved, got him approved for his mortgage, cashed me out. So my first deal I did 14 years ago and turned it in 90 days, pocketed $40,000. And I said, you know what? I like $40,000 better than $2,500. So no, no kidding. <laughs> 
So that first year, I just wanted to do one house at a time. So that first year, I did three houses. First house, start to finish. Second house, start to finish. Then the third one. And so then uh, the following year, we started doing multiple deals, and it's just grown from there. Wow. So you, I guess after that first year, then you said, to heck with this uh, mobile home business. I'm going to flip houses. That's exactly what happened. And as it turned out and what we were doing, we were actually shutting down the mobile home company uh, that we were with at the time. And so uh, liquidated everything out. And then by the third year of being a real estate investor, uh, we went full time into it. Wow. Okay. So you're kind of doing it on the side, one here, one there, a couple the first year, a couple the second year, and then said, let's just do this full time. That's right. That's right. And you know, if I had known then what I know now, we would have been able to actually start this thing full time. But, you know, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we wanted to start out, you know, pretty slow and, and extra conservative. But, you know, since that time, um, the business has just increased every year. Sure. So now is your primary operation then in eastern North Carolina? Are you a specific county? Are you kind of all over that, that corridor? No. Well, I've got students that I actually joint venture with all across the nation, uh, fund their oh. deals for them, et cetera, when they're starting out. But as far as my own business, mine and my wife, Carol Joy, as far as our own business goes, it's in our LLCs and et cetera. It's all right here in eastern North Carolina, just spanning over a three-county area. Again, however, we do business all across the nation uh, with our students. Gotcha. Well, so talk to us for a little bit a minute because you're obviously really well known for raising private money. How did that all come about? Well, <laughs> I didn't plan on getting into it the way I did, I'll assure you. I sort of backed into it, but it really ended up being a blessing in disguise. So as I said, starting 14 years ago, I started by having lines of credit at the bank. So the local banks were, were funding my business. And so then fast forward to eight years ago, um, I called up my banker, as I normally did, like every month, told my banker that I had two deals under contract, bearing in mind both of these deals had 50000 or a little bit more in potential profit and equity. So these two deals had over $100,000 I was going to profit on these two houses. So called him up eight years ago, and there was dead silence on the other end of the no. phone, which is never a good sign. So my banker cleared his throat, and he said, Jay, I'm sorry, but we've had to collapse your line of credit. I never heard of a line of credit being collapsed, but I knew it didn't sound good. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you had to collapse my line of credit? He says, well, the bank just isn't loaning out money to real estate investors anymore at this time. Bearing in mind, I had perfect credit, never late on a payment. And so I knew right there and then I had to find a better way very, very quickly to get my deals funded. Well, being from the South here, Ken, it won't surprise you to know that my definition of coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. And so within less than two weeks, I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money. And after getting introduced to it, um, in less than 90 days, we were able to go out and raise $2,150,000 in new funding. So my banker actually did me a favor by cutting me off. It was a blessing in disguise. And so that first 12 months after getting cut off from the banks and using private money to fund our single-family houses deals, and by the way, it works for commercial real estate investing as well, 
the first 12 months after starting to use private money, we actually were able to triple our business because we didn't then and we haven't since then missed out on a deal because we didn't have the funding. Wow. So how much were your original bank lines of credit versus how much you were able to raise? I only had $1,250,000. Uh, that was two lines. One line was at a million. The other line was 250000 And then that was gone. I mean, wow. boom. You know, like the spigot was just cut off overnight. And, you know, I, you know, I learned or I was reminded in that conversation, Ken, that um, the most dangerous number in any business is the number one, one contractor, <laughs> one plumber, one electrician, one lender. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so today, Carol Joy and I have got 44 private lenders. Now, of course, a real estate investor does not need 44 private lenders, but we do to this day, funding my deals, funding my students' deals, and et cetera. And I tell you another thing I've learned, Ken, uh, and as you can tell, I just get so excited about this subject because it is the number one thing that holds real estate investors back, you know, from, from coming out the gate. And in fact, even on seasoned investors, who doesn't want or need more funding for their deals? Um, you know, as a new real estate investor, I want to share your, with your listeners this. If, if anybody's out there that's new or wanting to get started in real estate investing, I don't know of a way to get a big check any quicker than private money, and here's why. You see, in my world of private money, you don't bring any of your money to the closing table. Mm -hmm. Zilch. Mm -hmm. Nada. In fact, we always borrow. And by the way, if we've got any seasoned real estate investors here listening, I'm not talking hard money. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking hard money. I'm talking true private money where we are always able to borrow more than we need to buy. So as a result, we always get a check. We always pick up a check when we buy the house. Mm-hmm. So give us maybe an example of how some of your private money deals are structured right now. All right. So when you say structured, are you talking about what's the loan to value? What's the term? What's the interest rate or all of the above? All of the above. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So our private lenders absolutely love us as borrowers. And by the way, just for whatever it's worth, I'm a private lender myself. I mm -hmm. do both sides of the business. I loan money out from my retirement account by having it in a self-directed IRA account, and I'm able to loan the money out and don't have any um, limits as to the money that I can earn per year, tax-free mm -hmm. and penalty-free. But that's another subject, uh, perhaps for another for another uh, interview. But anyway, how are they structured? First of all, we don't borrow or lend any money that's not secured. Mm -hmm. Now you can. You can, but I don't recommend it, and I don't advise it. I want all of my private lenders to get to get the same security that the bank would. Mm -hmm. I want them to get a more. Most people call it a mortgage, mortgage or a deed of trust, mm -hmm. and protect the lender. Secondly, I don't want them to have a high loan to value ratio, and I'm talking about a ratio to the after repaired value. So I will max out at borrowing up to 75% of the after repaired value. Mm -hmm. But then the question comes up, Jay, if you're only borrowing up to 75% of the after repaired value, how are you getting a check when you buy the house? Well, it's simple. When you buy the property at 30 or 40% of the after repaired value, 
there's still plenty of room to borrow more than you need to buy because I'm talking about that after repaired value percentage rate. Mm -hmm. Another thing, the interest rate. I'm paying on average right now to our private lenders 8%. Wow. Anybody out, yeah, anybody out there that knows about hard money, your average interest rate's 14% with four origination points. That's 18%, and then another 2% to renew it if you haven't cashed out in 12 months. So now we're up to 20%. So I'm paying 8%, which is fantastic. Yeah. Do you? Hey, Ken, you probably know this because you're a financial guy, but do you know right now, as of today, what the average certificate of deposit at the local bank across our nation is paying for a 12-month certificate of deposit? Probably less than 1%, maybe 2%. You're right. Is it less than 1%? I mean, it's ridiculous. Are you, so, so, so every Thursday in the USA Today newspaper, every Thursday, in the money section on the front page, there's a little green box in the lower left-hand corner of the front page. It gives the average certificates of deposit in the nation that are paying. Today, as of last Thursday, 0.34%. Golly, that's sad. 0.34%. So when we come along and pay our private lenders, 8%, my lands, that's like... Um, that's a lot better than 0.34%. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and secured. That's the other thing. It's 8%, but it's secured. That's the other amazing thing about private money. Exactly. The term that we do on these are typically two years. Um, okay. but, but typically, it doesn't take us that long to cash out uh, the way I cash out on deals. We sell a lot of homes on rent to own or lease purchase, and we, we require the buyers to enter credit repair. So we get them ready for a mortgage within about 12 months and then cash them out. But uh, most of the terms are set up uh, on two-year terms. And of course, what we have found with the private lenders, including myself, my lands, when the deal cashes out, the private lender wants to go again because where else are they going to get these kinds of returns safely and securely? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very rare that we ever have private money that pays off. They don't want to turn it and put it back, back to use immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's so you're doing two year terms at a low interest rate. So you really can kind of implement that lease purchase model if you can get yeah, exactly. somebody in there. That's so, great. So when selling on the lease purchase or rent to own, my goal is to have the monthly of course we're getting a large non refundable lease option fee when the buyers move in to right. the house. So putting that cash flow aside, I want the monthly income to at least break even on the underlying debt going to the private lender, insurance, and taxes um, with still some positive cash flow. And you can make that work uh, when you're buying at 30 to 40 to 50 cents on the dollar like I do, uh, paying out 8%, but still yet having the income coming in from the lease purchase buyer that's going to be equal to or greater than what the mortgage and escrow payments will be when they are mortgage ready. Gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah, because you don't care if it's a break even. You don't need to make money in the cash flow. Your your big payday is when he when he closes out. Exactly. In fact, the way we do private money is on most of my deals we get we get paid three times. We get paid first when we buy the house. I typically I'll pick up a check of twenty to thirty thousand dollars when I buy, 
because I'm borrowing more than I need to buy because I'm going to use part of that money for rehab. Mm -hmm. Second check we get is when it's now ready for people to move in, we get the non-refundable lease option fee Mm -hmm. for them to move in. The third check comes when they're ready to cash out, and that check is, of course, the difference between the selling price and what we owe the private lenders. And, of course, the beautiful thing, about selling on rent to own and lease purchase is our buyers are not negotiating on price. Mm-hmm. The price is set. Mm-hmm. Typically, we'll set the price of our homes at least 10% above what today's appraisal price would be because they're not buying price. They're buying terms and down payment and monthly payment, and that gives time for the house to appreciate by the time they cash out. Gotcha. Now, it's, it's a Hey, you don't have to sell me on the on the benefits of lease option. I've done probably 100, 120 of them in the last couple of years. I love lease purchases. I think it's a beautiful oh, thing. Oh, man. Well, hey, you and I need to talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I need to talk with you. You got this private money thing dialed in because that's perfect. That's the tricky thing with hard money, private money, you know, getting, getting a longer term. Cause usually it's just long enough for you to get in and out of the house, fix it up, get it sold or fix it up, get it refied. But when you talk, start talking two years, well now you can keep that private lender in play until your lease purchase tenant gets in, gets his credit repaired and buys you out. That's a beautiful thing. Well, exactly. And you're going to love this Ken. Over half of my private lenders are using their self-directed IRA accounts or their retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. And all those terms that we set up when the money's coming from retirement money, we set all those terms up at five years, not two years, but five years. And those are, of course, uh, have the option to renew at the lender's discretion. And, of course, they're going to want to renew if you haven't cashed out. Sure, sure. Man, that's a beautiful thing. Well, so everybody I'm sure listening to this is scratching their head. How did you go out and raise all this private money with these types of terms? (laughs) Well, I had a lot of motivation, I'll tell you that, uh, by getting ready to lose $100,000 in in profit. But there's two main categories as to where you find the private lenders or potential private lenders. One category is people that are in what what I call the warm market. Those are people that you've got some type of relationship with. It could be family, friends, uh, your social network, uh, your email address, people in your cell phone, et cetera. The other category is uh, of existing private lenders. Again, I'm not talking hard money lenders, but existing private lenders. So, you know, I started doing it the hard way on these existing private lenders eight years ago. I actually hired the paralegal that worked for my real estate attorney to do this research after hours, looking for individuals names on mortgages and deeds of trust on public records to find existing individuals that were private lenders. And we did that. And and I developed uh, direct mail letters to send to them, uh, not openly soliciting, but just to establish a relationship. And that worked. But then uh, five years ago, we started what's called the private lender data feed. Hmm. And the private lender data feed, we have 12,000 on average new private lenders coming into the data feed every month that all comes from public records across the nation. And um, so anyway, when we get to the interview, I mean, at the end of the interview, uh, we can tell folks how, how they can tap into that and find out about it. Okay. So private, so this is something that you've uh, generated yourself, this private lender data feed. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's all done with very sophisticated software. 
uh, it's actually skimming software. And by the way, that's a legal skimming, not illegal skimming. <laughs> but skimming meaning it just it just scours the internet looking for the information that we're looking for on mortgages and deeds of trust as as they are funding every, as they are funded every month across the nation. So uh, again. Um, how do we find the private lenders? I'll tell you a really good place to network, and that is with, at self-directed IRA conventions. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's one particular company that I've been doing business with for eight years, and uh, if people are interested in you know, talking to me about that, um, you know, they can contact me after the interview. But um, you know, self-directed IRAs is just a very, very little-known world. In fact, Every one of my private lenders that loans me money from their retirement account didn't even know that self-directed IRA companies existed until I told them about it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. We've done a lot of that with our private lenders as well. Just said, hey, you need to set up. You got some money sitting in an IRA that's barely making you anything. And a lot of these folks are sitting in cash positions, either that or in some really conservative you know, municipal bonds or something, and have no idea that they can self-direct. And when you tell them about it, it just opens up hundreds of thousands of dollars for you to borrow. Absolutely. In fact, I've got one particular private lender that I'm thinking about right now. Number one, he didn't know anything about self-directed IRAs until we you know, opened up the door for him. And as of today, he is now earning just from my company $65,000 a year oh, in, in, in interest income. And listen, it's all tax-free to him That's because right. it's, it's his retirement money. So yep. it's beautiful. Yep, that's a, no. It's the power of private lending is is huge. And if for you listeners that haven't tapped into that, if you're looking for money, I mean, I, I'd say yes, hard money lenders serve a purpose, but spend a little extra time and make some relationships, line up some of your own private lenders, and you make so much more money, and you do more deal flow, like you mentioned. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, and just to be clear, for the sake of everybody listening, a private lender is simply an individual, just like us who loans their money to you from either their investment capital or their retirement account. So we're not talking banks or institutions or hard money lenders or partners. And the other thing, particularly in the warm market, we make the rules. In other words, we put to put together the program, you know, which I teach. Lots of times we structure them. You asked about structuring. Lots of times we'll structure notes that don't even have monthly payments. We'll make semi-annual or annual interest-only payments. There's never any origination fees, and there's never a credit check. Mm-hmm. No credit check. I mean, you know, we as a real estate investor, you can have a credit score of 425, <laughs> which is pretty low. <laughs> pretty bad. And, and get as much money and private money as I do. And so anyway, as I say, it was just a huge revelation to me a little over eight years ago. Well, it opened up a world of opportunity. I mean, you haven't done over 300 fix and flips over the last several years. I'm, I'm curious, is there one of those deals in particular that stands out as your best deal ever? Well, let me think back to as recent as last year. There's a little uh, little town over on the beach in our resort area called Pine Knoll Shores, North Carolina. And a good part of Pine Knoll Shores, well, it's on the island, which uh, on one side of the island is the Atlantic Ocean. On the other side of the island is Bogue Sound, the intercoastal waterway. So um, Carol, Joey, and I, we started developing these letters uh, to people that had received a notice of default or pre-foreclosures. We started it 14 years ago, and we've been tweaking it ever since. We also track every notice of default. 
And so anyway, um, there was a notice of default on this particular house over in Pine Knoll Shores. And we sent, we started sending our letters and uh, there's eight letters in the sequence. On the third letter, we got a response. We get a 57% cumulative response to these letters. What? On the th yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? 57%. What? That's now, insane. Bear in, well, bear in mind, a response also includes vulgarity, right? <laughs> right, right. But that's still a small percentage. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, so it's all because of its it, – uh, we mail them three days apart. And anyway, we've got the system down pat. And so after the third letter, uh, they responded. And so we ended up – uh, purchasing the home, we got the house for right around $175,000, and uh, we ended up putting in about $50,000, and uh, we profited uh, less realtors' commissions, $300,000, sold it for $525,000 uh, last year, and that was a combination. There were two things we had to have in place to make that happen. The foreclosure tracking system, Okay, and then the private money to where we could close very, very quickly. So, uh, you know, being able to move quickly and because of private money, we're able to close deals much quicker. In fact, on all of our offers, we tell folks and the sellers we can close within seven days and then we'll actually let them live in the house for free for a while uh, until they can figure out where they're going to be moving to. Hmm. So, you know, that's one of the highest ones. Profits over 300000 founding on the foreclosure system, and then funding it with private money. That's unbelievable. That's a slam. That's a grand slam is what that is right there. Holy that cow. Was a, that was a grand slam. Now, I will tell you this. It wasn't too far out of the realm. Of, well, it was. I mean, it was over the top. But our average profits right now, just here in our target market, and I tell you, our target market is only 40,000 people, and our average profits right now, the way we do the business, is $64,000 per deal. Wow. And so the, the point of the story is you don't have to be in a big or huge or large market to make significant profits. Man. The, 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 the key is just having the systems in place to where you can actually be running the business and not letting the business run you. That's phenomenal. So are most of your, your marketing uh, material then to the NODs, the notice of default? I get about 25% of my deals from the notice of defaults and sending out these letters and tracking all the notice of defaults. So about one-fourth of our business comes from that. I'll tell you, we get a lot of leads from our Facebook ads that we do. Mm -hmm. um, here in our little area, I get over 300 potential buyers a month want being interested in our homes and more and more and more now um sellers are responding even more to our facebook marketing we put it right in the news feed mm -hmm. and, and i'll tell you when we're looking for deals i only have two criteria on the facebook ads number one 35 years and older 35 years and older and then the second criteria for where the ads go is just my zip code so wow. that's the only criteria and as a matter of fact, um, I just went under contract this morning on a condominium, again, back over at Pine Knoll Shores. Uh, the after repaired value, 220000 buying the condo for 115000 
and it needs less than 10,000 in repairs. Wow. And those, yep, those people responded uh, straight, off of our, straight off of our Facebook uh, marketing and advertising. Well, we're big fans of Facebook advertising. There's no doubt. It does take some tweaking sometimes, especially if it's competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, but just your, really, do you do any other pay-per-click besides Facebook? Uh, Facebook is my only uh, pay-per-click. However, I've got a very good, very good friend who is having phenomenal results on uh, Google Ads, Google AdWords. Yep, 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 yep. absolutely. Yeah. I know a number of people. In fact, ourselves, we're running Google AdWords right now, and it, it's expensive, so you got to know what you're doing, mm -hmm. but it, it definitely can, can generate some leads for you. Exactly. Well, this is phenomenal. So, so people are hearing this. They want to learn more. Where do you send them? What, what's a good website we can send them to? Absolutely. So I've got some free gifts uh, just for uh, saying, how, saying hello to us. I've got my book, The New Masters of Real Estate, Getting Deals Done in the New Economy. Um, I've got an audio, a 60-minute audio that goes into detail, the five steps as to how I got $2,150,000 in private money in less than 90 days. Also, I've got an on-demand um, free workshop or webinar that talks about my foreclosure system. And so everybody can get access to all this for free at jconner.com. That's J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash deal farm, all in lowercase, D-E-A-L-F-A-R-M, Ken Corsini's podcast right there, jconner.com okay. forward slash deal farm. Well, that Jay, that's awfully generous of you. I know our folks are going to be super interested in checking out the book and the recording and the webinar. This was a fantastic interview. Thanks so much for coming on, Jay. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Ken. It's been my pleasure, and thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>